There's a phrase that I really take with me. Um, my brother is a rapper back in Brazil, so he sings and you know raps. And in one of his songs, he says, "All I know is I can't stop." And it's even on my Instagram, this phrase. I think sometimes you're going through hardship and difficulties, and sometimes it's only in your mind, and you cannot see clearly uh, the blessings that you have. But, you know, um, I try to see what was ahead in the future if I kept going. So I kept telling myself all the time, all I know is I cannot stop. It's hard right now, but I cannot stop. Eu sei bem que não posso parar. Eu sei bem que não posso parar, which means I know well that I cannot stop. Inspiration, the podcast which gives you a different perspective about life and share inspiring life stories. I'm Sarah and I decided to share stories and experiences about citizens of the world I'm meeting on my personal journey. They decided to create the life they want, do what they love and define their own vision of success and happiness. Because you don't need to be successful to share an inspiring story. This podcast is yours, so let's take a shot of inspiration. episode of my podcast series, I had the privilege of having a deep conversation with Ricky, a strong, single, independent and resilient 27-year-old man from Brazil. He started an impressive journey to Australia at the young age of 21, with a student visa and a strong determination. Working in a store back in Brazil, Ricky was looking for a change and an opportunity in tourism industry. That's why he chose to start studying hotel management in Adelaide. However, Ricky's path has not been calm and easy. Studying in Australia as a foreigner means navigating the complexities of balancing work, life and education, with a legal limit of 20 hours of work weekly. And for a foreigner, studying in Australia is expensive. Like shocking. Three times the price of the best business school in Paris. And I love my French country and our free universities for that. Ricky is also family-oriented, but still he took the hard decision to move to Australia and came back to his country after six years. Yes, you heard, six years. I'm so impressed on how Ricky found resources to pay his studies, lived decently, finished his five-year degree, and despite facing several issues and moral pressure, he kept going and faced everything by himself, alone. In his speech, you can really feel his deep kindness by forgiving people who tried to manipulate him or prevent him from reaching his dreams. He wanted to quit every day, but still he kept going, believing that his future would be as he had imagined. Ricky is not just a strong and independent person, he is a ray of sunshine, always spreading love, smiles and positivity. So here is my inspiring conversation with Ricky. Enjoy! Hello Ricky! Hello, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to do this episode with you so everyone can hear your beautiful Brazilian accent. Oh, not too sure about that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ricky. Well, uh, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us where are you from? How old are you? And how long have you been living in Australia? Yeah, 100%. Uh, my name is Ricky, Ricky Anderson. I am Brazilian. I am 27 years old. I am from the northeast of Brazil, which is 
far away from Sao Paulo, Rio, cities that you may be familiarized with. And I have been in Australia right now for over six and a half years. Six and a half years. So yes. you're 27. That means you arrived in Australia. You were super young. Yes, correct. I think I was just about to turn 21 when I got here. Wow. And so from this city north of Sao Paulo, uh -huh. how come do you decide that at 21 years old, such a young age, I'm going to leave or you just wanted to travel first to Australia? Um, it, it was a really interesting um, thing to do and to get to that, um, to decide to do it, I had to go years ago. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I started doing an English course for free in a public school back in Brazil. And it was part of the government, um, so I didn't have to pay for anything. And the best students in English would be able to go to do an exchange program in another country. Okay, and then I was lucky enough to do a couple of exams. Mm -hmm. I got 100% in both of the exams. I went to a couple of interviews and I came to Australia. Oh, so, but as an exchange? As an, uh, an exchange. That was in 2013 and I was 16 years old. Oh. Yeah, so I stayed here for six months in Australia, in Adelaide. And oh, I. So that was in Adelaide. Yes, correct. And I, I did a little bit of high school here for five months, and I was in a homestay family here. Okay. After six months, I went back to Brazil. I uh, finished high school there. I started working there in a supermarket. Amazing work, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> and then um, I kept in touch with my homestay family. Uh, we were talking every second month and then they gave me the idea, Ricky, why don't you come to Australia if you want to study here? And that was um, something that I had a lot of to think about. I was living a really good time back in Brazil, family-wise, I'm really family-centered. I didn't want to leave when I was 20, but I was looking for new opportunities. My life in Brazil was really steady. Like um, for three years, it was where didn't change at all and i think australia at the time was a change i needed so i decided to come here okay so you were working in a supermarket you said i was working a big supermarket in brazil for three years let's say that some customers in brazil they are really interesting you know like customer service is quite you know you meet a lot of people and i was working as a cashier um okay. i had i I had actually three different jobs, cashier, cashier, cashier assistant, and organizer of the store. Okay. Um, and it was a job that was taking a lot from me, a lot of like energy, and I wanted to change. Uh, I was studying tourism while I was working there, and I wanted to do something with tourism. So I came to Australia to study hotel management, which has to do with tourism. And yeah, that was the reason pretty much. So you look like you were not scared or anything. It was like you had in mind, I want to have a change of life because my life is a bit, as you said, a bit flat and nothing is really happening. And so you're like, I'm going to Australia. Correct. Like in my mind, I knew it was going to be a little hard. Mm. I wasn't too sure which difficulties I was going to find, but I knew there were going to be some difficulties, and especially to say goodbye to my family, as I said at Because the time. Because you're centered, family yeah. centered. And I was living a really good time with everybody from my family. Um, but And that was the biggest struggle uh, when I left to say goodbye. 
but I knew that that was something that I needed to do if I wanted to change and if I wanted better opportunities that I was having. Okay. And so we have to say that I'm French, I'm lucky I have a working holiday visa, mm -hmm. but as a Brazilian, you don't have access to working holiday visa. So that's why you do a student visa straight away, which is harder because you have more limitation mm -hmm. and there is also a cost, mm -hmm. right? So you say goodbye to your family. How do your family re react when you tell them I'm going to Brazil? <laughs> so when I told my uh, father, he just didn't want to hear it. Like he was like, oh, can you not talk to me about it? Like um, he was a little in denial because I had already left one time to come for an exchange program in Australia. And he was reluctant. He didn't want me to do it because he was like, oh, my son, he's 16. He's like going to another country. And I, at the time I talked to my aunties and they made his mind. And again, I was telling my father that I might come to Australia again. And he was just like, oh, I don't want you here. When I told my mother, she was like, why are you going to another country again? Like, what do you, are you going to find in there that you cannot find in here? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, a bit of a denied. Mm -hmm. But still, they let you go. Um, I was 21 at the time, and they both told me, I don't want you to go, but if that's what you need to do, just do it go okay so that's like apparent things i guess to not want your child to go abroad <laughs> but they still supported you yeah correct. and then you arrive in adelaide and you do this like tourism and management uh, uh students yes i left brazil and um do you know that homestay family that i talked to you about yeah that i kept in touch initially i was living with them so living with them they were sort of directing me, mm -hmm. telling me what to do. Um, initially, I started to do an English course because I took an English course back in Brazil and I had a terrible score. So I, I had to do five months of English course. And then after that, I started to do the hotel management course. It was actually business and hospitality management course. And I was with them, with the, that family for about two and a half years. And that was wow. really yeah, beneficial for me because they were helping me saving money because I wasn't paying rent. I wasn't paying food at the time. The other work I was doing was to go to my bank account to pay for my um, college. Mm -hmm. uh, it was four years of college for the bachelor's initially. Wow. And then um, they, I borrowed some money from them for the first year. So they really treated you like the kid, one of their child from the family. They did. They um, when I went to live with them, they told me they, you know, I could live with them until I was able to find a stable job and pay college. And they actually took me as a as somebody uh, part of the, part of the family at the time. That's so beautiful. Yes, I'm really grateful for them. Um, since today, we don't talk anymore. Um, we have had our differences, um, but um, I. Even though I don't talk to them, I will never forget what they have done for me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have achieved what I have achieved so far. So, yeah. So you do this visa for four, four years, you said, in total? Yes. Um, like these uh, studies? I was supposed to do this study because there was a double degree. So for four years. And then there was a change in the course. So I did the bachelor's for three years. And then I did master's for two years. Okay. Yeah. So in total, it's five years. 
Yes, I think so. Three years and two years, so five years, where you uh, studied English and mm -hmm. uh, hotel tourism and hotel management. Correct. That was um, initially business and hospitality manager management, and then there was the masses of international hotel management. And everything in Adelaide? Everything in the same college, in the, same college? In the international college of hotel management. Oh, yeah. wow. And um, next to that, you can work, but with a limitation, right? Correct. Uh, I was just able to work 20 hours weekly. Mm -hmm. And on, on the holidays, I, I was able to work more. However, in the course, it was six months going to college and six months placement. So in the first six months, I was going to college of the financial year. And another six months, I was doing a paid placement. A paid placement. So that's okay. what I was doing. So first year, I got money. I borrowed money from my godparents. Mm. Um, for the six months after, the f in the first year, the second set of six months, I was working placement. I did food and beverage in Stanford, banquet and bar. And then I was making money for six months to pay for second year. Okay. And then when I started second year, uh, six months and then another six months doing placement that I could make money full time to pay for the next year. And that's how I went. You're really brave at such a young <laughs> age. Yeah, because you like you're studying hard in the country that is not yours. You're mm -hmm. living with another family and you have to work hard to pay for your next year. And you've done everything by yourself. And how yeah. did you feel at that time? Look, I always had people around me, directing me, telling me, oh, maybe you should do that and, you know, give me ideas of what to do. And I think that helped a little bit. I think a lot of us, international students, we come to Australia and we don't know anybody. And that may be a little difficult. Uh, when I had those people, not only my godparents, but they introduced me to a lot of other friends mm -hmm. that I made friends since today. And they are from here. And they um, helped me with, give me advice, telling me what to do, give me their, their opinions. And I think that helped me a lot, especially in my first three years in Australia. And then after that, I was able to have my own mind to know what I wanted to do and actually following my own uh, ideas and my own pursuits. And so when you were doing these studies, is there a time where you told yourself off? No, I want to come back to Brazil or it's a mistake or you were just always like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And I'm so happy I took this decision. I wanted to say right now that I didn't want to give up and I knew what I was doing, but that would be a lie. <laughs> In the first two and a half years, I wanted to give up all the time. It was really difficult for me um, for quite a few reasons. I think I was missing my family a lot. I was living a really good time as I said back in Brazil and leaving everything behind and having to get used to a new family that has a completely different culture from mine Definitely. different food different yeah. schedules different thoughts for me that was really difficult and um you know sometimes I never cried before but I was pretty much crying every single week um and I I didn't have enough time to talk to my parents back home or my family because I had this new schedule with me with the new family I had college I still I also have to work 21 hours weekly and there is a time difference and there's a time difference as mm. well and I needed to sleep at the right time to mm. be able to get up at sometimes 6 5 30 in the morning to go to college because my college was 7 in the morning until 
5 p.m. And thing that I didn't mention, maybe you know, I don't drive. So it was one hour and a half hours to get there and another one hour, one hour and a half to get back home. Oh my God. So you were spending three hours yes, per day in the transports. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when you were crying and you had this bad moment, how did you like kept going? Because... Um, there's a phrase that I really take with me. Um, my brother is a rapper back in Brazil, mm -hmm. so he sings and, you know, raps. And in one of his songs, he says, all I know is I can't stop. And it's even on my Instagram, this phrase. I think wow. sometimes you're going through hardship and difficulties, and sometimes it's only in your mind, and you cannot see clearly uh, the blessings that you have. But... You know, um, I tried to see what was ahead in the future if I kept going. So I kept telling myself all the time, all I know is I cannot stop. It's hard right now, but I cannot stop. Wow. All I know is I cannot stop. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. How does it sound in like Portuguese? Uh, in his song that I, even on the train, when I was in the train, And sometimes you have those long breaks and there's nothing to do. I used to listen to his song to keep him going. Yeah. He says, actually, I change a little bit the little um, how it's said, but it's the same meaning. He says in his song, eu sei bem que não posso parar. Eu sei bem que não posso parar. Which means I know well that I cannot stop. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't know that, that his songs inspire me, but yeah. they do. <laughs> Well, he's gonna know soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's beautiful. So you you were going like it was hard, but you were just keeping going. Yeah. And after this, like five years in total, you get the graduate. You get to graduate. Yes, correct. Um, it was really good. Um, so as I said, um, on my third year, I was already living by myself and it was good to have more freedom to do whatever I wanted to do, to have my choices of placements. And before it was all discussed about, right now I had ownership or control of my life. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty much um, having a much happier moment in Australia, out of nowhere. So you were around 24 years old. Yes, right? correct. Okay. And I think that's what I need, needed at the moment. I needed to have the financial instability To, to actually be able to live my own life and... Take your own decisions. Make my own decisions. Because mm -hmm. at the time, I felt like um, people were having a lot of say in my decisions. And sometimes I wouldn't achieve what I wanted. And in my mind, I would put the blame on them. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do is choose for myself. And if I failed, it was all on me. And I would be able to, you know, uh, keep living with my own choices, mm -hmm. having a good outcome or not. But yeah, um, then I graduated um, from, which was really good. I did the graduation of the bachelor's degree um, and I couldn't do the master's degree because I had just started the job on the tram. The tram? The tram. The train? The, the train, sorry. <laughs> sorry, get confused. Tram, <laughs> train. Tram. Yeah. yeah, so what we have, uh, what I just want to explain is with Ricky, we met on uh, at work. Yes. Because we work together in a train that crosses Australia. Yes. So for people that are listening to us, it's not a train that 
does, uh, I don't know, an, uh, a small city to another city, mm-hmm. it's an exper- a travel experience train, yes. like the Orient Express, or you have some trains in India, New Zealand. So this train crosses Australia from yeah. north to south, south in three days, mm-hmm. or east-west in four days. Yes. And you have rooms, you have restaurants, you have bars, so it's hospitality. Yes, correct. So that's how I met Ricky, just uh, yeah. so they don't think yeah, you work in yeah, a tram between Adelaide <laughs> and uh, Port Augusta. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, um, I have always wanted to work on the train. That was one of the choices for my placement, but I was scared. And then I did a placement in Stanford in uh, food and beverage and doing functions. I did reception in the Ibis Hotel. Uh, during COVID, I had to go to work in a wine business for Coes, the vintage sellers. I also did the Oval Hotel okay. uh, for like five months in the restaurant. And then... Um, I was working Stanford for four and a half years. Um, like I never stopped working there. I did my between placements and uh... I did my first placement in Stanford, and since then I kept working there. Even though I did all the placements in other hotels, I kept working Stanford as well. And a placement is—is is it called? It's an internship, right? It's internship, yeah, correct? I, because in my mind, I have like internships, so they yes. call it placement here in Australia. Yes. Yeah, they, they in college they used to call both placement or internship. Okay. Yeah. And what I want to know is, so you, when you decide to come to Australia, you do some studies, you, are you thinking that it's going to be for really long term or you're thinking I'm going to study five years and then come back to Brazil? Um, I, I wasn't too sure. Okay. What I wanted to do is, um, I have always wanted to be successful. You know, when I was a kid, my parents used to tell me all the time, you have to study hard. You have to um, be successful to have a good job, even though my parents themselves didn't have a good job. But they put me the idea in my mind that I always needed to work hard for my dreams. What is being successful for you? What is your vision of being successful? I think there are. Everybody has a different right vision of being successful. Um, I think right now is by be, being successful by steps in a personal level, okay? If I think about success is to achieve things that I want to do in, in a way that it's, it's a really hard question. <laughs> but, because I was just trying to understand when you say I want to be successful, mm-hmm. is it for you being successful, being able to have a job you like and earning your own money and be able to use this money to travel, etc.? Or being successful, successful, is it being a rock star or being, I don't know, going on the moon? That's why I'm trying I, to understand. I wouldn't mind being a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to be a rock star. <laughs> but I think at the time, uh, successful meant for me to achieve different things for okay. example english course i needed to have good scores to go to to college if i didn't pass the english course i would fail and probably wouldn't go to 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 college so that's the oh, first success it. okay what i needed to achieve then bachelor's degree in the bachelor's degree for three years we had a total of around 27 to 30 subjects in the three years. So I needed to succeed in every single of them to be able to go to the next step. Okay. And then I crazy idea to do masters. 
um, to pay a lot of money for masters and then I needed to succeed in it. And then jobs as well, to work in different hotels, to have a career, a name for yourself and uh, to get, gain experience. So success is like for me, it's a ladder or stairs that you keep going, try to keep going up and achieve different things in your life. But at the end, what I want is money and happiness and be able to help my family as much as I can. So that's what drives you. And at the end, if you always want to be successful in what you do, at the end, you don't you forget about coming back to Brazil. You like because in Australia, you had so many challenges yes. that I think it keeps you busy because yeah. you want to su uh, have success in all those challenges. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so now I know that you're like working toward the permanent residency. Yes. And so which means you want to stay here, you want to yeah. live here. So when was at what time you decided it's going to be my country. And uh -huh. the, despite the fact that I love my family, I miss my family, I want to live in Australia. When did this moment came? That's a good question. I think um, the idea of getting PR was um, introduced to me through my godparents and their other family, like the twin sister, which I'm really close to. They're like, oh, we have to get PR because it's good for you. At the time, I didn't understand why. Okay, and then I started, you know, keep going, working here. And the money in Australia compared to Brazil is much better. Mm -hmm. The lifestyle is much better. Safety is much better. And, you know, getting to know people here, uh, having a routine. Um, right now, I have my family in Brazil, but I have a second family here. I have all my friends in here, people that I that inspire me and that I'm really close to. Um, I went to Brazil re recently and I saw some friends after six and a half years and it was really good to see them. Um, but it's not the same thing because we missed a big uh, period of time together. Mm. We don't share the same experiences again. We don't have the same experiences at all anymore. And as well, you left at 21, which you were, you were, you were really long, young and learning life. And now you're 27. So you, you build yourself in Australia. You're a totally mm -hmm. different person now. Exactly. That's what people tell me. And that's one of the things I realized when I was in Brazil. I am not the same boy that used to live in Brazil almost six and a half years ago I'm some somebody completely different and I can't believe so you wait like you came back in Brazil six and a half years ago after like you haven't seen your family in six years and yes yeah that's in, for me it's <laughs> going to be four years next year so I'm going to come back in France after four years but six and a half years that's even like wow But four years as well, it's a long time, mm. okay? Um, and I wanted to go back to Brazil after two years, but I didn't have the money. Yeah. Um, when I, I could go to Brazil and I had a little bit more money and I started sharing that with people, I will not say the name of the people, but some people told me, Ricky, you owe us money. You cannot go to Brazil mm. until you pay us the money. Because if you go... Um, it's not really secure for us. You uh. living, you know, and I was like, damn it. That's, I get a little angry, but you know, I didn't want to make people that help me, um, insecure about our deals and, you know, our, our business. So I, I stayed here. Okay. That was in 2019. What happened in 2020? COVID, C-O-V-I-D. Exactly. <laughs> so I couldn't go in 2020. The borders were closed. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of things happened in 2020, 2021, I couldn't go either because it was still closed, the borders, um, for international students. Mm. And then 2022, I, I was focused on finishing college and making money. Yeah. So it took me a while as well. So I think COVID delayed it a little bit. Mm. <laughs> and when you come back to Brazil to see your family, how like, how it is after six years, six years and a half to not see your family? It's crazy though, because I felt the same when I was coming to Australia for in 2017 to study here. Mm. It was like a dream. I wasn't believing it. I think, I don't know why, being in Australia for so long and having to work towards college, towards bachelor's, master's, working, you know, and every time I was studying, I never had a break. I'd go straight away to placement. So it was always studying working straight away and going back to studying and then going back to brazil it was like a dream that um you know going back to see my family again to see my nephews that were like 10 and 8 years old now they are 14 and 16 who are they right now mm. you know and yes i when i got to rio and i spent one week in rio and then my sister came to see me and when i was talking to her her accent was different because here in, in Australia, even like uh, I had a lot of Brazilian friends, mm -hmm. but they are from Sao Sao Paulo and Rio, and they have a different accent than me, than my sister. Mm -hmm. So I, me listening to her, I was like, "What the heck is this accent?" <laughs> but it's the accent I have as well. But for a while, I hadn't listened to that. It's hard to find people from the northeast uh, of Brazil here. And then um, going back to to my state and seeing all my friends and family, like it was like. Of fun and games. It was really good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And um, through what you're telling us about your uh, path in Australia, it looks like it's hard. Obviously, you worked a lot and you have you look so resilient. And I'm, I remember when I met you, I always tell you, you're such like an energetic person. Uh, you true. always have the <laughs> smile. You like look like you always. You have such a resilience. Mm -hmm. I feel you're so strong, and um, despite the fact that it was hard, and you you still like keep going and spread your like uh, joy in your smile. Oh, so you. thank <laughs> you for that. But how like tell us your secrets. Um, or maybe you grew up like that. It's from your education as well, your childhood. Um, it's funny, though. Um, I have always been an energetic kid. And I have shown always a lot of happiness. Being with friends when I was a kid. Um, however, growing up, um, I wasn't... <sighs> I was a happy kid growing up, but there was a lot of unhappy situations, okay? I think I... We, and my, me and my brothers, had to deal with my mother and father divorcing mm -hmm. because we all go through it. And that's fine. Divorcing is something normal nowadays. However, what happened was after that, my father and my mother used to argue a lot after the divorce. It was crazy. And my father used to, like, follow my mother in many places. So, um, you know, that was something hard in my childhood. And then also, like, we didn't have a lot of money in Brazil. Okay, we didn't. And uh, my father didn't finish high school. My mother finished it very late in life. So um, 
they never had like full-time jobs they had like little jobs in you know different places so you know it was difficult but i was a happy kid i used to like try to ignore all the negative stuff and try to be happy and of course when i was a teenager uh, struggling with um relationship with my father and with my sexuality at the same time mm -hmm. you know and when i got in australia that is of course a new um country with different challenges And the first, as I say, two and a half years, it was difficult because I was living with some people that I have a lot of respect in my heart, mm -hmm. but it was difficult. And after I left and I started to live in my own life and I got to know more about myself after getting in Australia, I think when I look backwards, I'm like, I'm living the best of my life right now. Okay. And I'm happy right now. If I compare all the stages of my life, I am really happy right now wow. <laughs> and I cannot deny it. Um, I'm like, I'm not saying that I had a terrible childhood. It's not that, but I think um, I have nothing to complain right now. Mm. When I want to uh, help my family, I do help my family. When I want to send a gift, I gave my nephews like two years ago, a gaming computer, which I never had in my childhood, but I wanted to give them. They mm. are my, my babies. And uh, like my sister, a coffee machine, And my brother just turned like 25, 500 reais for you, wow. which is, you know, so um, I'm able to do stuff that I was never able to do and also make people around me that I love happy as well. And job wise, career wise, which is something that I have, have always put in my mind, um, I have to work hard for things that I didn't have in my past mm -hmm. and see me achieve stuff it makes me happy so i'm really happy right now so you're getting all you dreamed about when you were a kid yeah, you can afford now because you work hard yeah what you want to afford and you would you say that because you said now i feel happy since i'm by myself would you say that actually feeling happy and get to know yourself without someone around you yeah. your family or a pressure from a partner or friends being like just free of judgment this is also what i really feel mm -hmm. Do, would you say that it's what yeah, it's, it is to be uh, feel happy or feel good is because you have well. no one to tell you what to do yeah. and as i say like taking ownership of your life if you make a mistake and um it doesn't have a good outcome in your life you can look at yourself in the mirror and say okay i try my best I really had really good hopes for it. Didn't end up having good results, but that's fine. I chose it and I'm taking ownership of it and all the consequences. It's the same thing the other way around. Oh my God, I chose this new job. I didn't think I was going to pass the interview. I didn't think they would select me to actually do the job and they have chosen me. So I'm taking ownership of my success as well. I'm happy for it. Wow. And you know, I believe that failure is something that it's your fault, but success depends on you, but a lot of external factors. So I'm really thankful for um, what nature or God has presented me over the years because it's very lucky and what I have had. And if I compare it to some friends of mine from Brazil, for example, they didn't have the same thing. They had a lot of potential. They had a lot of hard work in them, but they they haven't been presented with the opportunities. And I have, so I really think, and doesn't mean I'm better than them or worse. But I but think you took the opportunities as well. Taking the opportunity, of course. 
opportunity down here, getting it. Mm. Up there, getting it. Like, I don't say no to opportunities. Um, yeah, I, I don't say no to opportunities. I think going for the opportunities and getting them was, that was what made, made me be where I am right now. Not that I am in, like, you know, the best place ever, but... No, but yeah. you are uh, at the place you wanted to be you like succeeding in what it is your vision of success yeah you correct. know like you don't need for me to be like a super actress mm. or a singer or things like that to be that successful would help, though, it but would <laughs> help. no but i mean if you are happy where you are right now and what you're doing that's your vision of success and happiness mm -hmm. and you're like you can celebrate that definitely it's it's funny though um on my last trip on the train um the gems the Managers, they are coming up with some things to make the team, some um, team building activities. And then Lily was like, what are you grateful for to everybody? And that was my answer. I'm grateful because I'm happy right now. I have, I'm happier than I have ever been. And that feels good. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. And you need to be aware when you feel good and celebrate it mm -hmm. and be proud of yourself. Yeah, that, it's it's true. <laughs> that's a good feeling. And um, is there like so? It's been six years and a half now, seven years. Six Almost years seven half, years. Almost six. Seven years. Yeah. So I don't know if people realize, but seven years that Ricky, but not only we, Ricky, it's like it works for most of the immigrants. Is working toward a permanent residency to show you how hard it is to stay in Australia, mm -hmm. and that if you want to stay, it's. A big decision that means you want to stay not everyone yes. wants to like go through a lot of years of studies that the price is really expensive yeah. where you can't work more than 20 hours a week and then you have to go through visa and visa until getting mm -hmm. the permanent residency and now Correct. you have a job which is amazing but it's also a night job which is yes. not easy but mm -hmm. night jobs also uh, and it's related to your studies mm -hmm. so i don't know how people realize how hard it is And that's beautiful that you are celebrating that yeah. and that you're proud of yourself mm. and you know that one day you will succeed and have this I hope so. <laughs> bloody permanent residency I hope so. <laughs> and be able to uh, uh, celebrate it with your family back in Brazil and be able to go maybe more often mm -hmm. uh, and easier than now to Brazil. So right. yeah, I wish you all the best for you. <laughs> this maybe last year of struggle before the permanent residency. So. <laughs> And um, what would be the advice you would give to someone that um, is close to the family but feels like they want to try an experience abroad? Mm. That's a good question. Because I remember before I left, I had so many people saying, oh, but you, you're leaving your family and like, mm -hmm. I'm so close to my family. How would, and I think that doesn't like being close to your family, like I'm, I'm close to my family, maybe not as close as you, mm -hmm. but I can still live abroad. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how do you go over that? Yeah, I think it's like uh, putting your priorities right. Um, you are having a really good time or, you know, you have a really good relationship with your family and you're close to them. Um, however, do you like taking challenges? Uh, do you like traveling, getting to know new people, new cultures, different things to do? 
um, I think it's really worth it. And this like experience going to another country anyways will enrich you. Whatever you do, you're going as a tourist, you're going to study, you're going to work. I think going to another country and having a sense of independence and doing your own stuff away from your family, I think it will give you a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will learn a lot living by yourself and with the new people around you. So I think for like maturity reasons as well, to get a little bit more mature and, you know, have a different mindset. Um, yeah, I would say it's really worth it. It will make you grow somehow. Um, regardless of the struggles because everybody goes through different things mm. everybody have different situations but I think it's worth it to try it and I think it will be beneficial for um, everybody in, in a way so yeah and because you left at 16 years old which is for six months which is super yeah. young <laughs> so you would like yeah recommend to have an experience abroad by yourself yeah whatever like if it's for tourism or yeah. studies at the time i really wanted to learn english mm. and my father used to be a, an english um teacher my grandfather but he was already old and he wasn't able to teach me. I was a little kid going to his office and like going through stuff and seeing those languages that I didn't know what it meant. So I think it triggered me to, you know, learn English. And then when I was able to do an English course, I just wanted to improve it, improve it. And when I got the opportunity to do the exchange program, I was like, I'll go. And as I said, my father was like, you're not going. And yeah. I was like, I'll go, father. <laughs> and he was like, no, you're not going. And I talked to my mother. My mother t- tried to talk to my father. And he was like, you're not going. And I was like, I'll talk to my aunties. And they made his mind. So, wow. <laughs> so you were so, at that, at that age, you were already like really determined and motivated to to follow your path regarding as what's... well as well like I, I remember I was a very insecure guy as well for a lot of reasons but I think that um, regardless of that I the most important at the time was I knew what I wanted and I wanted to travel to another country to learn English <laughs> Regardless of what my father thought. So I was really working hard to change his mind. And when I couldn't, I was like, I'll make all the people around here change his mind. And when I talked to my auntie, my aunt, and I told, auntie, it's good for me. It's good for my future. She talked to him in like five minutes and he had, uh, she had changed his mind. That's incredible. <laughs> so like, yeah, the lesson is you need to know what you want and you need to follow your dream if it's your dream don't like parents of like teachers it's good if they give you advice but uh-huh. if you if it's what you want do what you want yeah because some t- sometimes people will be close to you and they will think they are protecting you mm. but you know they don't understand the whole of the situation mm. or how beneficial it can be for you because l- Imagine if my father um, was didn't listen to my auntie and didn't allow me to come to Australia to do the exchange program, I wouldn't have known that family. No. Okay, mm-hmm. and I would never come to Australia again for a second time to do a master's and bachelor's degree, and my father and my parents would never be able to pay me to do any exchange program later on, mm-hmm. and you know, like one week ago. That was a problem in my house, right? That was the ceiling. Um, it was very windy and all the ceiling, just part of it went off. Oh, my no. father tried to fix it, but it was leaking a lot. And I was like, father, 
let me send you some money. And then, you know, I wasn't able to come at that time. I wasn't going to be able to help your them. family financially. Yes. Mm. So I think it's like sometimes people will want to protect you, but they will not understand the depth of the things or what the things that you want can bring beneficially for you. So I think you have to understand it and you have to fight for what you want in the end. And what do they think now? Oh, <laughs> my, my brother, my sister, my father, my mother, they all were reluctant. They didn't want me to come. But even when I told my brother, he was like, I don't think we should go. And my, my sister was too close to my older sister. And she was like, Ricky, you're crazy going for a second time. You have already been there. And then I came anyways for a second time. And right now my sister's like, stay there. Don't come back. Oh, wow. You'll make so a they... lot of, yeah, you make a lot of money. You're going to give me a new coffee machine. So stay there. <laughs> and then my mother also is really supportive. My father is really kind. Like my father changed a lot since before my coming to Australia and after because my father used to be a very like strict person. I couldn't go to the supermarket two blocks away because my father was afraid something might happen to me. And right now my father calls me. He's like, hello, my angel, the love of my life. Oh my How God. is my, uh, my, my prince? And I'm like, father, <laughs> stop. I'm 27. <laughs> But it's good. They That's all support so me right now. Yeah. That's awesome. The, the result is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> my prince oh my prince God. ricky i'll show you later if i can find the the audio he's sending me like a baby voice <laughs> like he's talking to a child and i'm like father i'm 27 now like he i'm might, not doing because he's so proud yeah uh, he might be i don't know i love your example maybe he just like misses me as well a little bit of course yeah mm. but well that's that's for sure it's part of the yeah it's part of the process <laughs> But it's good. I, I love my father now and everybody. And I'm really thankful that right now they see um, all the benefit of my choices in the past. Mm, yeah. How beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful, Sarah. No, you too. <laughs> and is there something you would like to share with us? Or I haven't like a question I haven't asked you. But I feel this is really, really inspiring. Thank you for sharing this story. And you're such an example again of resilience and showing that if you have an idea in mind, just go for it and keep fighting for it. Yeah, I think as humans, we it's good when we inspire each other. Like a lot mm -hmm. of people inspire me to, to keep going with... Um, with my dreams to keep following my, my path, the uh, road I chose to. So um, I was in inspired so much throughout the, the whole journey. And that's one of the reasons I, I, I didn't stop. Like sometimes people that I did college with, they would be, get a managerial position. And I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't be like, oh, what is this guy doing? Like, why is he like getting this job and not me no i use that to to make me stronger i'd be like he did college with me he's a manager right now i need to be one soon as well i need mm. to get my pr so just use people to inspire you as well like in in many ways not only professionally but only in life like i have some friends and i got to know a lot of people for example on the train, train yeah. where i used to work Uh, that had amazing backgrounds and stories like us living in a country mm. to to seek something that only we knew what that was 
And I think that's just beautiful. Like it's when you have people inspiring you, inspiring you, and these people are actually around you, close to you. It's really good. Um, Gives you fuel, energy. It, it, it does. It's really good. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a good advice. Always look mm -hmm. around you and don't invite. How do you say? Invite people. Don't get jealous. But don't get jealous. But, but you look at them like an inspiration, inspiration. or a goal. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because a lot of my friends in college got managerial position before me. I have friends that have been managers for over two years and then i see their post and i'm like okay i chose to go on the train because i needed a break of all the studies and all like working hard to to get you know what i wanted mm. and i wanted to have a gap year and i chose to work for one year on the train to get experience to know a little bit more of australia mm -hmm. but um I might, might have at the time because I knew I couldn't get PR on the on train. The train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I put on for one year on hold my dreams for a while, but I knew I was going to go back to it mm. and work hard for it. Mm. But I needed to have one year just to work hard, to have one week off as well, and to do some stuff for myself. Yeah. And be able, as you said, because you worked hard studying, etc., and be able to see a bit more of Australia. Mm -hmm. And this job in the train was pretty like exceptional as well. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, you all, you're an inspiration for us as well. And I hope through this you guys your story. Were inspiration for me too. Like I get to know so, um, so many amazing people who taught me like how to do housekeeping, how to do food, how to go on tours. And I think it really helped me for my growth as well. The job on the mm. train to like welcome people there, going on the cabins, talk to them, you know, all customer service, but in a different setting. That, that was amazing. Yeah, we learned a lot. Uh, and it's also what it is about just to learn and get challenged and get yeah in this like dynamic learning environments oh there is an, a phrase very quickly i don't know how we are no, with time let's okay. go let's go but um i posted on my instagram um one week ago that i'll be seeing christina aguilera on yeah. concert in melbourne uh, she has been an inspiration for me all my life um i listen to her songs it's since 2009 oh so 14 God. years and I just remember one of her phrases that also inspired me is life can take can take you uh, wherever you want to go as long as you are learning. It's one of her songs that I love so much. So always keep learning. And as much as you learn, as far that you will go as well. Wow. Thank you, Christina. I love you, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Christina. <laughs> so she's going to be in Sydney or Melbourne? She's going to be in uh, Melbourne for a one-off show. Wow. She's back in Australia, I heard, after like 15 years. She was here last time in 2007. Wow. And I never, like, she, the only time she was in Brazil, it was in 2009. But I was too far away from her, so it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be such a happy moment for you again. It's going to happen. <laughs> Well, uh, on this last uh, sentence from our inspiration, Christina Aguilera, uh, thank you so much, Ricky, for this, um, this episode and telling you about your story. Mm -hmm. And I hope your story will inspire many people to just follow their dreams and uh, be resilient and keep learning. Yes, please. Mm. 
And thank you very much for the invitation, um, Sarah. I have uh, listened to some of your podcasts. Like, everybody's stories are amazing, really good. And another thing that you're doing to inspire everybody, because especially for newcomers, new people arriving in Australia, it's amazing to listen to foreigner, like international students or people that came from other countries to Australia and to hear a little bit of their experiences and new people, um, for example, can learn a lot with that. So thank you for inspiring and doing something that you created and it's looking amazing. Oh, so thank, thank you very you so much. much. How do you say in Portuguese? Muito obrigado? De nada. <laughs> Besos. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>